Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you to patrons, including... David Whitney, Richard Taylor, Captain Caveman, Neil Fisher, Roland Wright, Phil Conabeer, and uh, I'd say winning the award for the strangest name, this is the Bixby you are looking for. Brilliant. All are supporting us directly, and you can join them and access our feature, our feature length, our full length and ad-free show, and our <laughs> exclusive Patreon-only sister show, Extra Message, patreon.com forward slash UK tech. We've got a great bunch of... Uh, a great bunch of lads, as they say in uh, Father Ted. Great bunch of people in uh, in the live show lounge listening to us now. We've got Aaron, we've got Charlotte, John, Camille M, Luke, Mr. Fwibble, Nick, Pangolin Sandwich, Richard. It's a great, it's a great bunch of people. And there's a reason in extra this week for reading out who's joining us live because next week we will have episode 200. Can you believe it's been a hundred episodes since we did our live? Uh, studio audience show yeah that's just how time works it's amazing isn't it 100 episodes since that live show well we can't do a a live in-person show this time around partly because of the pandemic and partly because it was just such a massive pain in the ass to do it the last time even though it was a great evening and i loved every second of it but what we are going to do this time around is do a virtual live show and it's going to be taking place next weekend at some point. And details of this will be announced over the next few days. But uh, something very much to look forward to. So keep your ears out for that. In the meantime, Ian, it is time to talk about some news, shall we? From the 1st of April, the single purchase maximum of a standard contactless payment in the UK will rise by 15 of the Queen's pounds from the current £30 to 45 pounds it's going to take a while for this to propagate because uh the terminals used to accept contactless payments all have to be updated with new software which i didn't know i just sort of i don't know what how i assumed it would be done i just assumed the banks would just accept a larger contactless payment but in fact they just have to uh they have to update the software on all of these things so it will take a little while to roll out across the country but that will start from the 1st of April and plans were already in place to raise this limit but UK Finance which is the uh, it's like an industry body that represents banks and financial services and things like that um, they said that the decision was expedited specifically because of the pandemic so far because I felt it was it was wise for us to recap here Ian the limit has increased several times over the last 13 years initially the limit was a tenner and that was back in 2007 then it rose to 15 pounds in 2010 then it rose to 20 pounds in 2012 then to 30 pounds in 2015 and now in 2020 it's being raised again to 45 pounds and uk finance said the decision to raise the limit was 
as a result of consultation between the retail sector and the payments industry and things. And it, and it did follow similar increases that have happened over Europe in the past week or so as well. Now, firstly, it benefits people shopping in person at a time when almost all stores are having to be closed by order of the government. And people have been told by the government to remain indoors and try and use things like food delivery services rather than venturing to supermarkets. So to be expedited via uh, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic um, seems a little strange when everyone's also being told, don't go out, stay indoors. But appreciate I appreciate that the pandemic will go away and then this increase will um, will continue. But secondly, services like Apple Pay and Google Pay don't explicitly need to adhere to the same limits anyway, because they're actually technically classed as authorised transactions. And that's because they have passcodes or biometrics like facial identification or fingerprint scanning. And that's why you can pay for something like a £2,000 laptop uh, with an Apple Watch, because it's, it's classed as authenticated. So this is separate to to those systems they have their own limits and they're set by the retail shops i think independently this the contactless one is is your contactless cards 45 45 quid it's getting to the, is it getting to the point where we don't need a limit i think 45 pounds is 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 high enough that if your card is stolen it's problematic for you and if it's going to be 45 quid then why not make it 200 quid because i think like you said you just said it you know that, that it, uh, cards are not authenticated, so it's very easy for someone to just walk into a shop and do contactless. Honestly, I'd rather there wasn't contactless on cards myself. I I, I feel like we're just better off using phones for that contactless stuff, um, and not and not doing it on you know physical plastic cards at all. Because not everybody has a smartphone though. But I wonder if any of the people who don't have a smartphone also actually use the contactless. We'll use, if you like, for example, my dad who almost certainly doesn't have a contactless card. I mean, he might be forced to have one by the bank, but he will absolutely not use it. I guarantee that. Uh, the man does not even internet bank. So that's that. Um, and so there, there will probably be a large section of people who don't have um, who don't have a phone they can use. But thinking back, how many, how many generations of phones have we got now that all support Apple Pay? Like, it's such a lot. And, and same with Google Pay. You know, those devices are... I mean that must make up like ninety nine percent of the smartphones on the in in use now must support some kind of uh, payment. Surely, let's just keep this focused just for a moment more on on the contactless because there's some good sure. points being raised in our live chat room at the moment. Uh, John says that contactless has been a big help during the pandemic because um, some stores have been positioning the devices further away uh, from the tellers than normal. So it's helping increase that distance and obviously not using cash to, to, you know, where you're handing something over that somebody else has to physically touch. It, it's anything that reduces contact like that uh, is a great thing. Yep. So that's that's great. And Charlotte points out it's it's good because you don't have to press the buttons to enter your pin. So it's it's not just a case of not having to touch another person, but not having to touch a thing that another person touched, So, which is all really good. And and Luke asked a question about, isn't there a total limit on contactless? And there, there, there sort of is and there isn't, at least in the UK. In the UK, there's no maximum limit for the amount you can spend via contactless. But when you get to a certain 
threshold, your bank will make you enter your PIN in order to carry on being allowed to use contactless. So it, it, there is a there is a security measure that stops people just going crazy with contactless. So this all makes a great deal of sense. I suppose there's not much else to say on on this, but we've seen these rises now steadily being being made, and in the last what. 13 years, so since 2007, the, the limit has gone from £10 to £45. Inflation has certainly not uh, held to the, you know, has not gone at the same level as that. So clearly, there is a, a different set of conversations taking place as to where and when and for how much the increase should be. And I just sort of feel that if we're now at a point where the individual sale is £45, why 45 Why not 100 Why not make it you know, not well, why not limit. let customers set their own uh, limit on these things? Potentially. I suppose the idea is that it's simple. And it could be standardised, I suppose. But it could also be something where you could say, either I want to follow the cap or um, or I want to reduce mine, maybe. So say, for example, if you said in your... Because you said, well, why couldn't it be an unlimited amount of money or whatever, or £200? Um, yeah, I mean, you could do that. And then you could say to people, you go online with your bank or whatever, or you call them up and you say, I'd like my limit to be £20, please, because I don't ever spend more than that. And I don't want to run the risk of people stealing my card and uh, spending more. So I think, you know, like it could be everyone would be sort of set to the same thing unless they had any objections. And then that would also enable people to say, I'd like zero on contactless, please. Well, suppose my thinking is more that if there's no physical limit except for the one that is set by the bank as to when you have to re-enter your pin then why not just make that limit the maximum individual spend that makes then no difference if somebody steals your card they can either spend 500 quid in one go or 500 quid in several goes it's not going to lower the amount of money that's being spent necessarily that's true yes um and yes exactly which goes back to my argument about getting rid of it on cards or at least giving people the option to disable it. I would happily disable it because in my mind, it's £30 and I very rarely do more than that on Apple Pay. I mean, sometimes I remember in Sainsbury's I can uh, and then, you know, I and then I remember I'm, I'm happy because it means I don't have to put my stupid card in the stupid machine and type in my stupid PIM. <laughs> People staying at home due to the coronavirus pandemic appear to be listening to more radio rather than music apps, the BBC said figures have suggested. Global, which owns Capital FM and talk station LBC, said online radio listening had risen by 15%. Uh, the BBC said it, uh, streams of its radio stations had also risen uh, 18% since last week. Meanwhile, data from two US analytics companies suggested use of music streaming apps such as Spotify have dipped by around 8% over the similar period. Wow. Yeah. BBC Radio and Education Director James Purnell said, quote, people turn to us during significant events for our news and analysis, but also for music, entertainment and companionship. Um, now, I've, I've, I've been on the receiving end of, of a couple of thanks from people uh, specifically for keeping the podcast going um, while people are isolated at home as a, as a way of staying connected or hearing a familiar voice or something like that. Um, and I mean, that's one of the most flattering things that anyone 
it can ever say that, that they're grateful for the show existing because of a health thing but um but more broadly i think i, I can see the reason why this was this would take place because people are listening for information they're not listening for just pure entertainment right yeah that people turn to radio for a different set of reasons than just well also i have another theory oh go on oh <gasps> because because people don't listen to radio on their commute and that's because probably fm radios in phones aren't a thing anymore and um it's certainly if anyone in my position would find it very difficult to keep a consistent data stream up so they could stream a radio station but now everyone's staying at home so rather than taking their spotify playlist with them which is largely cached on their device they're tuning into the radio because of course because they want to hear what's going on as well but i would say that that would feel like a a natural explanation for what's going on i I would say my spotify listing has stayed rather stable because i've been just going about my normal day of work like i would normally and that includes often listening to music the companionship one is an interesting is an interesting one though true i mean i i think that tv was always sort of billed as that kind of company thing i mean no i i do agree with that i I mean radio for me has always been a a very special uh, medium and i prefer it in a lot of ways to tv because it's just so great um but I i don't know if i do view it in the same way i find my radio listening doesn't tend to necessarily revolve around hosts particularly because I've always been a Radio 4 listener. And I, I mean, I do listen to uh, LBC as well because I love, I love to hear the crackpot things that people say. It used to annoy me, it doesn't anymore. I just, I'm just laugh. It's hilarious. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I would say um, from, uh, again, this is only personal, but I would, I feel like I have more of a uh, a bond with some of the YouTube people I watch. How interesting. Yeah. Why, why is that different? I don't know. Um, I suppose a lot of the... So I listen, I watch a few YouTube things. I watch some Destiny 2 streamers on YouTube. Um, and I um, I watch some comedy things. Like I'm, I'm a big David Dobrik fan. I watch all of his stuff. Um, and I've been doing that for years. So these are people I'm very familiar with. I really enjoy their stuff. And it does... Um, and particularly when you've got someone who's sharing their life with you. You don't tend to get that on radio quite so much. Like you'll get little nuggets of people's existence, but the you know broadcasters are generally m- more guarded, and that's a, like a partially a professional thing because if you're doing news, you don't really want people to know what you personally believe. You know, a good a good um, news show, obviously, or you know, a debate about stuff shouldn't actually reveal the person who's presenting's personal feelings on it. It should be a, a you know an attempt to gather up both sides of the argument if necessary. Um, so, but with YouTubers, what you're seeing uh, it often is their personality. And okay, sure, a lot of those are constructed very specifically, so they're not necessarily the authentic person. But it still feels that it is, even if it is kind of like a construct. Uh, so I think that might explain partially why that is. And again, I think it might might explain why people enjoy podcasts in that way because um, we're, we we are we aren't here to be the reporters of the news. I mean, you do a very good job with that with your you know, when you read the story, that's designed to be impartial. But our conversations about stories are entirely our own opinions on things, aren't they? So yeah. we are giving more of ourselves than we would if we were doing this on a radio show. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. And it's interesting because I, I didn't think about this as an angle when I was choosing this story to discuss today. But I think you're absolutely right. And um, some of the chats in in the Discord, the live chat while we're recording this, um, John says that... Um, when you listen to a podcast long enough, you become, quote unquote, friends with them. 
Um, and he said, whereas those of you, uh, those what, those of us who've been listening to you guys since the CNET days, it's almost <laughs> almost become a marriage, which is true. Because I mean, you and I, I think, did our first podcast together at CNET in 2007. So that's 13 years ago. And yeah. good Lord, John's been listening to us bang on about tech for 13 years. Um, I don't know. I, I could be self-deprecating, but I, I actually, I, I do, I do get it. I mean, if you think about um, our, our mutual friend Tom Merritt, Daily Tech News Show. I mean, yeah. I, I remember listening to the old Buzz Out Loud CNET podcast before I worked at CNET. I, I reckon it as back as 2005, because I remember, I remember seeing posts about it when they started doing it, and I started listening quite soon after that. So, and I know tom extremely well now and consider him a very good friend so it's i think there is that i, I don't have that with radio presenters in the same way although no. i suppose maybe we're 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 slightly separate aren't we because some of our friends do do radio and tv but that's only because we're do. in that industry well yeah i mean i used to work with emma barnett and she now does radio five um but i mean again that's a, a, a strictly news thing she's done very well because she's extremely good at what she does uh, a yeah. very good example of someone who i think you don't see there. Uh, their own personal opinions so much she's very good as a radio presenter um john has just said he misses rory reed we we should get rory on it's easy enough he's only a text message away me you and rory have a whatsapp group so i don't know why we haven't floated this idea before now but uh, but but that is that is interesting and and, and luke says um that he agrees with you ian radio is mostly music and that's not really in my ballpark podcasts and youtube tend to create a bigger bond yeah i think so I, I i agree with that and i also i noticed um that john said he he's a big fan of corridor crew i really like those guys as well they do um special effects and they have uh, these things where they sit down and they analyze uh big movie effect scenes and talk about where, where, the, where they're good and where they're bad and it's actually really good and that they also have like vlogs and stuff like that it's it is very much like a, a community well we we love our community of of text message listeners we get some good emails and and i have to say i love I love doing the show live. You know, it's it's something that we keep behind the the Patreon paywall, if you like. But anybody who's a patron has access to to listen to us live and chat with us while we do the show. And I have to say, it totally changed my enjoyment of doing the show. It's a completely different type of experience doing a show when you've got people listening and talking live. It's almost like a phone in, but without people actually phoning in. Do you remember we tried that at CNET? We had a phone line for a while. Oh, God. Yeah, but no one's going to do that, <laughs> were they? I mean, that was that was folly. Mark Kermode um, and Simon Mayo do it, actually, on um, their movie podcast to great effect. So they have this thing called uh, Lobby Correspondent. And what happens is you after the film, you go out to the lobby and you just record a sh- a, like a 15-second review of the film you've just watched. Ah. And then you send it in. And it works really, really well. Like, it's... It, because it's very short, um, no one waffles. It's just a, a concise set of feelings. Um, I think it's really good. Maybe we could experiment with something like that uh, once we get to the other side of episode 200. Yeah. But that's that's interesting. Yeah, Charlotte said, uh, I didn't think I'd enjoy it, meaning the show, the live stuff, uh, as I don't like technology so much, but it's the community around the podcast that I like the most. So that's lovely to hear, Charlotte. And, yeah. and it's lovely to do this live with so many people. But I, I think we're slightly bordering on potentially... Disappearing um, our own arse? Yeah, a little bit. So I think we'll 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 move the things forward. But thank you for that, and um, I hope that radio maybe gets to in, continue to enjoy this. Uh, I don't say renaissance, but the, the the increased attention that it's getting during this difficult time. I think it would be very interesting to hear people's opinions of those listening. Why they choose podcasts? Why do they stay listening? Why have you maybe moved from uh, something like Spotify? 
to something like radio. I think that'd be something we could really put to good use reading out some feedback from. So do send that in. Hello at UKTechShow.com. Well, continuing the discussion about how we are keeping ourselves sane and occupied during this pandemic, I thought I would talk a bit about some of the things that we've been doing here in the uh, in the text message household and, and things Ian's been doing as a way of maybe getting some ideas into your heads and maybe getting some ideas from your heads into our heads. Um, I've actually, I felt a little bit bad about enjoying the time at home because there are people dying and people very sick and the economy is in trouble. Um, but if you just review things on a person by person basis, I've got a hell of a lot done over the last couple of weeks that I have been on my to-do list for quite a long time. One of them, yesterday, Kate and I started um, scanning old photos and we did it together. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. I mean, you're you're an archivist anyway, so you know you're always. I am, but this, but this, and I've done all of mine. But this is a collection of all Kate's old photographs. So we sat together, and she loaded the scanner. And when they were being scanned, we were talking about what was in the pictures. And then I do the cropping and rotating and stuff on the computer and put them into the folders, and then move on to the next batch. And we spent hours doing it yesterday. It was a lovely way to spend part of the day. It was productive and interesting. And although it did involve tech, it was still fundamentally about not tech stuff. So it was a really nice way of, of passing some time. Great. That's, that is really nice. That's a, that is a lovely thing to do together. Yeah. I've also thought about doing it with some old birthday cards because I tend to keep... I don't know how this changes in your household, but I tend to keep the most recent birthday cards and things from family members um, and then consider discarding them the following year. So I've always got the most recent one in case anything happened to any anyone. So I've actually now oh, got nice. quite a stack of, of, of cards from over the years that I could do with purging. And I was thinking about scanning some of those as well once we've got through all the photographs. And I thought that's that could be a, a fun thing to really good idea. I hadn't even I, I it, that wouldn't even have occurred to me to do that. And I do I do keep some cards like the ones from um, certain people. You know, like but if they're you know special, I I will often put them aside. Like, like my kids always um, often do a card, and I tend to keep those obviously because it would be brutal to throw them away. Um, so that's that's a good point. Nice nice idea. I like that. Yeah. Um, I've done a I've done a load of. Um, weird things that I probably wouldn't have found the time to do before. Um, I had my old um, my old computer that I had before I upgraded recently. So I went from a, an old Intel i7 to a Ryzen 5. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, exactly. Because obviously I do, I do have, well, I play games enough to justify and I refuse to buy consoles now. I'm, I'm completely committed to probably never owning another console again. Um, so I, uh, apart from the Switch, let's not include the Switch in that uh, thing because that's a legit legit use for a piece of console hardware. Um, so I had my old i7 and it was basically intact and I couldn't reuse a lot of the components because um, memories changed, etc, etc. Um, so I, and I had an old case and an old power supply. So I basically chucked it all together and built a functioning, but you know, quite a reasonably powerful i7 and I put Windows on it and I was going to do a Minecraft server for the kids. 
And then I decided against that uh, with Windows because it's just not that good. Um, so I put Ubuntu on it and now it's been a sort of like a hobby machine almost. I've been, I've done, I did the Icecast radio streaming, which I've, I found quite interesting. Um, and I've been exploring the software about, you know, running a station from home. Not that I have the time to run a radio station from home, but I'm interested in the tech behind it, obviously. So I've done that. I've, I have done the Minecraft server uh, in Linux because it's, it seems better somehow. Um, so the kids have been able to play that. Uh, it's been it's been quite good. It's, it's nice to have a little bit of time, uh, even if it is, you know, for all the wrong reasons, to just sort of do stuff that you would never, ever do. There was a great story on Gizmodo that uh, prompted this to be included in the in the lineup this week called Now is the Time to Do Dumb Stuff. And I thought it was a great it was a great um, thing. Like some people said they could get into Dungeons and Dragons, which I wouldn't consider a dumb thing to do. No, um, you know, I mean, part of me has sort of thought ah, I could see that working for me as a concept. A good friend of mine um installed a yoga swing in her apartment and has been doing all of her meetings while sitting on a yoga swing that's really good yeah. uh, that's a that's a that's a nice idea i like I, that i also i read about somebody else um learning how to read tarot cards which is completely pointless obviously oh, sure. but if, if you're interested in that sort of thing then i suppose now is a good time to do that yeah i mean it is completely pointless but yeah but, i mean whatever works for you yeah um the other thing that we've been doing is jigsaws we're going to start another one today jigsaws are something that like incontinence and pensions i associate with the older generation (laughs) but the older i get the more i suffer from the realities of all of those things um (laughs) and uh and jigsaws it turns out are great fun and a lovely way to pass the time that they're not expensive you can get them very cheap um cheaply and you have to sit together. You have to talk. We don't have to, but it's a good thing to do while you're talking. Um, and we're going to start another one later today, I think. Right. And I, I, I really want to reduce the stigma of jigging. I even referred to it in a Bloomberg video this week quite deliberately. And there's no stigma around jigging. I think there is. I think it's considered... A, it's like It's like knitting. It is actually something that cool people do, but it's seen as a bit of a you know, something you should do in your Anderson shelter rather than your penthouse flat. <laughs> I just simply don't agree with that. I think anything that challenges your brain um, and gives you some, you know, decompression time, as you might rather wankily say it if you were in a business meeting, um, you know, th- these are all things that help maintain mental health, I think. I've been enjoying some TV shows. Um, I I love Westworld. That's back now. So I'm able to watch that. That's uh, an absolute joy. Um, and I've been sort of diving into other things that I probably wouldn't have had time to do if I was uh, engaging in the usual rigmarole of going to work and coming home and being tired. Ah, and John in the chat says Animal Crossing uh, and of course, that is a, a huge thing. And I'm considering that for the kids. I, I, I believe a lot of people are enjoying Animal Crossing. Um, Kate wants to play it, but we don't have a Switch. So I suggested she play the iOS version on her iPad. Well, called interestingly, that's another product that has seen absolutely stratospheric price rises. Um, it's actually crazy. Uh, apparently in America, Switches are really really expensive at the moment i'm going to check and see uh, charlotte in the chat room says i saw a story of someone whose wedding was cancelled and they celebrated on animal crossing instead oh that's cancelled so because of the of the lockdown yeah i can Im- i can imagine that but 
that's uh, that's something else. I mean, you can do jigsaws on the iPad. I used to have a really nice jigsaw app where you could load no. your own you could load your own photos in, select the complexity, and um, do the jigsaw yourself. But it kind of I don't know. It's weird. That's so not the point. Oh, do you know something else I've done that is a complete waste of time, effort, and money? Um, I've I've bought two small um, disco lights. Um, because as you're you're probably aware that the the way that um, lighting control works to this day has not changed in I don't know thirty five forty years it all uses a really ancient communication system called DMX um, and I've I've got this kind of weird obsession with the idea of programming lights to music so the idea was I got these I got these lights for the kids so that they can have a little disco party because it's perfect for them. But I also thought, well, oh, I was going to say I'm glad you mentioned the kids because in my head you were just having a disco on your own. No, 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 no. And and the, it's more about the curiosity of sort of you know is this something not I don't, I don't care I'm never going to change profession and do it professionally. But um, it's just the idea of you know what's involved and having a play around and um, there are all sorts of little interesting things you can do with DMX like the modern lights are all. Um, sort of led based if you i mean even the cheap chinese ones that you get on ebay um but it, it opens up some opportunities for home automation like you can use these lights to sort of create moods if you want um you know you could sort of tuck them in a corner or whatever and use them as normal lights almost uh, which you then have complete control over so it and actually arguably if you these some of these lights are cheaper than sort of philips hue and stuff like that um and oh my god i've just seen a jigsaw in the chat <laughs> it's ridiculous but anyway so that's another little thing that i'm messing around with pointlessly um, another thing you can you can do is um tidy drawers full of old cables no and not for the no, reasons I'm not doing that. that you would think no exactly it sounds really tedious it is but you know what's really fun what? is every now and again you pull out a cable and you're like what is this what was this for? Because sometimes there's a standard USB on one end and something completely bizarre on the other end. And I've absolutely no recollection of what device it came from, why I saw fit to store it away. No, or I hate certainly that. why I might need it in future. I hate that because what's going to happen is you're going to look at it and you're going to go, I don't know what this is. I don't need it. I'm going to throw it away. And then you're going to go, oh, no, but it might be something really important. Like there's a cable around here somewhere that does. Um, I've got... Um, like you, I've got a couple of um, game capture, Elgato game capture devices, and one of them does analog. And there's a cable somewhere around here that takes in the analog, so you know you can plug in a Nintendo or whatever. Um, but I don't know where that cable is. But there are another 200 cables. I'm like, I do not know what this does, but I don't throw it away in case at some point in the future some piece of hardware emerges. And I think, oh, I could use that for something, and then I can't. I need to find that cable because I've got some VHS tapes I wouldn't mind digitizing. Well, funnily enough, that was the last thing I was going to suggest. Oh, interesting. Is, is digitizing old videos. Obviously, it requires you having uh, a VHS. Yeah, but you can get them on eBay for quids. Yeah, and, and the appropriate cabling to, to run it into your into your machine, which we See did talk about comment. a little bit. Yeah, exactly, in the previous story. <laughs> but it's a great thing to be able to do. It's super, super fun. And obviously, reliving some old childhood memories that you may not have seen for years it's a nice way to pass some time in a useful uh in a useful way and something you could probably do as a family i did a lot of editing projects at college and university and things like that you know uh things where we did like um sort of music review things and stuff like that just i mean all of it would be cringingly awful but i kind of feel like well it's probably worth digitizing it and just stuffing it somewhere and forgetting about it because i don't 
really uh i don't really want to see it but i, I kind of feel everyone everyone's better at sort of keeping memories than me i'm i'm not particularly interested i've got a box of all my old schoolwork. i'm just looking at it going oh this is embarrassing i'm embarrassed but anyway that's a little a little capsule of of ideas to to think about and i would love dearly 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 love to um hear some of the analog ways or other interesting ways that you're keeping keeping sane or keeping yourselves entertained while you're at home um Mine's been a lot of archiving and jigsaws. Another great way to keep yourself entertained during these trying times is not just to listen to text message, it's also to listen to Daily Tech News Show because Tom Merritt always has something interesting to say. Here's what he's been saying this week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, everybody's using Zoom for video conferencing, but is it safe? Shannon Morse tells us and gives us some alternatives just in case. Whether social networks make you less informed about COVID-19, some games, streaming shows, and eBooks to help you take a break from it all, and Lamar Wilson gives his tips for creators in quarantine. All that and what tech companies are doing to fight COVID-19 at dailytechnewsshow.com. Yes, and the Zoom discussion on DTNS this week was particularly interesting and well worth a listen. There's a, there's a whole subculture growing with zoom whether it's zoom bombing or people accidentally going to the toilet uh, in front of their colleagues with the camera on two things i've seen this week not from <laughs> my own organization i have to say but have been shared with me and john in our chat room while i've been recording did ask if we were going to talk about zoom he said he'd been doing some zoom drinking sessions with friends it's been nice to compare notes on wine as we drink different bottles and kate and i it wasn't on zoom it was on a something called house party we did this live um friends quiz where there was a, a woman on uh, YouTube streaming uh, 80 questions about friends, raising money for the NHS. And I think she oh, raised lovely. over 90, 90 grand. Uh, wow. We donated as well. Yeah, and but to tens of thousands of people. And there was no prize as such. It was just she was reading questions out. People... Um, watched and we had like a the house party app on with a couple of kate's friends sort of in front of us so they could see us and we all did the quiz together and again it was because of the the pandemic really but that's something you could do at any time it was really lovely that's going to do it i think for this week um thank you everyone who has listened to us live we also have um, an extra message out this week that expands on the zoom topic a little bit kate and i took the dog for a walk during our once per day government permitted exercise <laughs> outside and during that we talked a little bit about how i feel that the conferencing that we've all had to do as colleagues has i think i feel personally has brought us closer together i definitely know more about my colleagues as a result of uh, as of all this so that episode is out right now for patrons um on extra message patreon.com forward slash uk tech i do hope you all stay safe and well out there and remaining indoors Ian, do you have anything to add on the topic of remaining indoors? Uh, remain indoors. Fascinating. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. See you next week for some very special stuff around episode 200. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.